next to gaming is the only thing I really like to do. So. <laughs> uh, that's right. I played a game yesterday that combines both of your favorite things. I, I can't wait to hear about it. And I'll talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, welcome back to another exciting episode of Spellstorm Miniatures, a show about miniature war games, including War Machine and Hordes by Privateer Press. Our goal here is simply to inspire you to play more. My name is Jeremiah. I'm Dan. And I'm Chad. And we have a very exciting episode for you today. Uh, everything, everything we do is exciting. It's my favorite word, I think. But uh, actually, today is kind of exciting because we're looking forward and uh, we're looking forward to a lot of things. And so uh, we're going to cover a few of those things um, in our topic today. But before we get there, uh, have you guys played any games recently? More of the same for me, just a little bit of video gaming and uh, yeah, <laughs> soon, soon, but soon, very soon. Yeah. <laughs> How about you, Chad? I uh, started playing some Diablo 3 with a couple of my buddies that I've been playing games with um, last since like summer last year. They're buddies of mine from high school that we've known each other for a super long time, um, but we don't we don't really live close to each other, so we don't get to get together at all. Um, yeah. We haven't. Oh man, I don't even remember the last time that like Jeremy, Nick, David, and I were all together. That was eons ago, mm. but. Um, Jeremy and I had hung out before and played board games and stuff different times or played magic, but uh, we've been playing some various video games together like the last eight months, nine months or so. Uh, and there's a new season for Diablo three that popped open, which means new, uh, new set items and stuff like that. It create recreates a new ladder for um, best performance and stuff. So we started playing again. Uh, it's been fun doing it. Like Diablo three is one of those same, fun kind of still fun mindless <laughs> top down hack and slashers that we just all have a lot of nostalgia around because we played a lot of Diablo 2 back in the day and and that yeah. type of stuff but um the other thing that I got to do is um one of my other friends um got to come over yesterday and my roommates and I and our friend uh played a board game called Rival Restaurants that my roommate Phil had backed a Kickstarter for. Um, yeah, this is I want to hear about. <laughs> yeah, so so the idea is kind of like it's kind of like the show Chopped, where you've got different chefs that have to like run to the pantry and grab their ingredients and everything like that, and there's like limited limited stuff that you get, or maybe I don't remember which cooking show does that if it's Chopped or something else. But I know that that's a theme on on one of them. So the idea is um, every single player has a random restaurant, um, different themed Italian, Mexican food, uh, Vietnamese, that type of thing. And then you have a sous chef that you get randomly um, that has a different ability. And um, everyone gets uh, a handful of ingredients. There's six different shops to buy ingredients from. There's your vegetables, your fruits, your carbs, uh, your dairy your uh, meat market. And then there's another one called mystery, which has some of the random things, uh, okay. chocolate, special sauce, tofu, um, 
and they all have different prices. Those are the different ingredients you get. So you, as a player, send your chef out every single day after you get your morning money out to a shop to buy ingredients to try and cook your dish. Um, every restaurant starts with a gourmet recipe and a basic recipe um, that require different ingredients. They um, yeah. create different amounts of trash. Uh, but then when you make them, you make them for the day. You don't have to cook every single day. Uh, but when you make a recipe, you get a certain amount of thumbs up likes, and that uh, levels up your uh, levels up your restaurant. And the point of the game is to be the first restaurant to get to twenty points. Now, whenever you make food, it creates trash, and you have to go to a specific area. So there's six different little market counters that you can go to for ingredients there's another one called the island which is where you go to pay to get rid of trash but then you can also buy upgrades for your restaurant like a basic cooking book you can buy a double burner which allows you to cook both of your recipes in the same day when you would normally have to pick one or the other you can get uh, social media advertising, which gives you extra money every single round. Um, those those kind of things, and then you can also um, you can also buy action cards there, uh, and a couple other things. So it was a super fun game because there's a little bit of hectic hecticness to it because the the first there's three different rounds. The first round is. Um, your move and money, where you get your money at the start of the round. Normally, everyone gets 300. If you have other things that give you stuff, you get 100. Uh, like the social media gives you an extra 100. Um, and then you go to the buy and barter section. During this uh, time, the chefs all go to the different counters to get their ingredients. You can buy any ingredient that are on the counter, or you can buy them blind off the top of the deck. Um, and then you only have 90 or you only have 60 seconds, 90 seconds. You only have 90 seconds to do this. You have a little hourglass and once it's done, oh, it's you time. have to go back. Yeah. Oh, okay. So the, buy, the buying part is, is, uh, timed because then you can also barter with other chefs to okay. trade for ingredients or buy ingredients off of other people or things like that, or play action cards to kind of like disrupt other people. And then once that's done, you go back to your you go back to your restaurant, and if you have the ingredients to cook, you cook, uh, and then you gain pon, uh, you know different points and things like that, and then it starts back over again. So what happens if you don't have the ingredients to cook? Then you just don't cook that day. Nothing nothing bad happens, and if you have trash, um, okay. it doesn't. You don't lose likes for having trash there. The trash only affects you. So like. After you make food, it'll sometimes create trash. Uh, and if you don't get rid of it, what happens is if you still have trash in your restaurant when you go to cook that day, you lose a number of likes equal to the amount of trash that you have. So it can be really detrimental. Um, mm. But it's not like a day-by-day day where, oh, if you don't cook and you have two bags of trash that you didn't get rid of, then you lose two likes. It, it doesn't work like that. Um, so it's, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, and I'm going to check to see if maybe we can get it in at the store. Um, yeah. See if maybe we can bring it in. Cause it's super fun. Uh, the chefs all have different abilities. All the restaurants have different things when you level them up. Uh, and then also if you, you get bonuses for cooking certain dishes. So like if you have a French restaurant and you cook a French dish in your restaurant, then you get a bonus like when you, when you make the recipe. 
And that so, would be appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like yeah. food game, uh, food based games. Yeah. Uh, one, one of my favorite Steve Jackson games is Ninja Burger. And <laughs> it's, it's awesome. And yeah. it's more, it's more, uh, less board gamey and more kind of, RPG card gamey kind of thing, yeah. um, but it's one of my favorites, and just the idea that it's centered around food, and I get to be a ninja. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I like new games. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, one other thing I want to—I I forgot to mention this before the show, but I wanted to give a shout out to the hosts of War Nouns, who is another group that is in our Discord that shares their episodes. Um, I want to give a shout out to them because they actually came into Rune Board to check out the store and purchase some stuff and say hi to me. Uh, and nice. I have to be super awkward with meeting them because I was in the middle of doing something else. And then like, I don't get recognized as being a pod podcast host very often. And so they were <laughs> like, um, is there a storm of miniatures around here? And I was like, wait, what? And I just kind of like froze. And I'm like, I, my brain's breaking. I don't know. I'm trying to do something. And they were like, nice. oh, I, I listened to, I, I listened to Spellstorm miniatures. Like I'm one of the hosts of Warnout. So I was like, oh my gosh. That's Hi. awesome. <laughs> Sorry, my brain is broken right now. <laughs> also, the only person in the store trying to do two other things at the same time. So, um, yeah. they gave they gave us a shout out on their one of their recent episodes um, that right they on. came in, and I wanted to reciprocate. Uh, you should go check them out. They're pretty new. They're both pretty new to War Machine, and so they um, bring kind of a new player uh, view and aspect to analyzing yeah. the game, talking about fluff, talking about different factions and stuff like that. So go I check them out. If you haven't already, so. It's super fresh. I like them. I appreciate that about them. Yeah. I've been cranking it out. Plus a troll player on there. So yeah. 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 Trolls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They came in and they snagged some of the, uh, wintertime wasteland Kickstarter exclusive miniatures that we had at the store. They didn't right. see them at first and, I, and they came over and they had a couple of riot quest things. And I was like, I was like, you know, we have some exclusive Kickstarter exclusive <laughs> miniatures over there. And they're like, really? <laughs> Tell us <laughs> more. <laughs> yeah, I think they ended up grabbing two or three of the Kickstarter exclusive miniatures that we had. Very cool. Uh, Very still cool. left over. So fun models. <laughs> yeah. Hey, speaking yeah. of miniatures, uh, I got a couple of miniatures games in since the last time we recorded. What? Yeah, for real. We don't do that here, Jeremiah. Stop being yeah. an overachiever. <laughs> we shifted to board games and uh, <laughs> video games. And right. yeah. Well, you know, we're, it's been a we're weird year. We're board game for... podcast now. <laughs> yeah. So for a while, we were a Magic the Gathering con a podcast. Yeah, right. But, um, okay, no. Um, I got a uh, a game of Heavy, heavy Gear Blitz in. And uh, Heavy Gear, I guess, has been around for a long time. Some of our listeners may be familiar with the IP. I think that uh, it's similar, I think, to like BattleTech, um, okay. in the sense that you're dealing with smaller scale, and I think they call them frames. I think is what they call them um, instead of mechs or whatever. And um, and you have. Uh, so they have like uh, like several RPG books out. So a lot of folks probably have. RPG'd in that world, and then um, and then of course they have uh, the war game side, which is called Blitz, so Heavy Gear Blitz, okay. and um, and they're on, you know, hex bases, um, just like BattleTech, 
the the you know they they are but uh except for the infantry i'll talk about the infantry in a second and but they play on just like we played on a four by four with 3d terrain just like i would play you know warhammer or infinity or even war machine sometimes we use 3d chain for war machine and so mm. and so you're measuring and it's not a it's not a hex based thing where battletech um the only time i've played battletech yeah. has been on hex based yeah so um the infantry uh there were two styles of infantry on the table the old infantry uh were two very tiny dudes on a smaller hex base and and so in order to play in the modern rules what you do is you is you take um a set of three of them and you just kind of connect them and make like a triad you know and then just keep okay. them in, in that formation as they move uh, the modern infantry is all six dudes on like a 40 millimeter circular base i think so okay. um but we played uh we played a roughly a 25 power level i don't remember what the word is which is which would be about a fourth of uh of a full game and um and so when the forces were about equal we had uh, both sides had a couple kind of generic mech dudes and then a, a infantry and then one like special mech dude and and we had we had two objectives um that were sort of in the middle of the table that we had to fight for one of them the one closest to us we had to sort of defend and the one farther away we had to try to get to uh, to try to take away and so with so few models on the table it it was very challenging in the end what ended up happening oh, i'll tell you what happened in the end in a second um but <laughs> the, the thing that i love about this is is it uses very simple math it just does it in a different way so you roll two dice is the basic mechanic Different abilities allow you to add and subtract dice and things like that, um, but but you're gonna roll two dice, and and let's say your to hit is a four up. If you roll like a six and a one, your end result is a six. But if you roll like a six and a four, since your stat was four up, that four adds to the six, making your result a seven. And and likewise, mm. the defense is going to do that too. So let's say I rolled. Let's say I rolled. I got to roll three dice, and I rolled a four, five, and a six. The the four and the five add plus one to the six, making my roll an eight. And then let's say my okay. my the defender rolls two, and rolls you know a five and a six. The five makes adds to the six, making it a seven. My eight beats his seven. And then you do the War Machine style. There is an armor value. And so your damage plus the difference between the attack and the defense, and you just subtract their armor, and then that's how many they take. Um, but the thing is, we're dealing with single digit numbers. It's really small. Like my fancy frame had like four hull points and two structures. And so you got to plank through the hole then you get to the two structures then they're gone and and so so it's not like we're doing like hard math and there's not yeah. like big numbers they're all single digit numbers so that's the thing that i liked about it um 
And there's a few other things that I like about it in general. There's a, there's a quite a few folks in, in the local on our local scene that are starting to look at heavy gear um, because they're sort of in beta for their third edition, and so quite a few people are doing the um, like the beta testing, and and so Than uh, uh, was was our teacher, so Than ran one side and then Oz and I run the other because we played outside. We played on the six foot table. So we were on ends of the table. We had masks on and and so and Oz and I were the, basically the same side. And and Than did a great job of of just walking us through, explaining everything. And of course since both Oz and I are war gamers, we picked it up really easy, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and so uh so it was north against the south. There are basically, I think, four like humanoid type factions, and then four like alien type factions. I guess there's there's eight factions, and they break down as four and four, but I can't remember all the details. And so, okay. two of the main factions on the human side are the North versus the South, and not in the way that Americans think about North versus the South. It's just geographically located on their fictional map and um and so uh and so we played and ozzy and i basically i let him make the offensive decisions and i sort of made the defensive decisions was sort of how we played and because because right away i think we had initiative and the first thing oz does is goes right behind this plateau and takes a shot at his big mech and just you know, and and he got to roll like all these dice because of certain abilities, and he does a total of one damage. <laughs> and I was like, and I was like, that looked amazing, and it sounded awesome, but the result was did not match, not what I thought it was. Yeah. And I, I had made the comment to Oz, I was like, oh, you're going for it, and he goes, yeah, this is what I do, I go for it. <laughs> we all know Oz, but yeah. uh, <laughs> so. So anyway, it was a fantastic introduction. It's one of the easiest games probably ever to get into because no matter which faction you buy, if you buy the army box, you're you have a minimum of 100 points right out of the box. Anyway, um, depending on which army you get and so you could easily play 100 immediately right out of the box. And the only thing is, is you get to, and it's, and it's all on sprues. And so you get to choose what weapons you want as a new player. I wouldn't like, if I wanted to have a competitive force, I wouldn't know which ones are the better ones yet right away. I'd have to yeah. do a little bit more reading. Um, otherwise I'm, I'm just going to pick the rule of cool is what I would most likely do. So, but yeah. um, I- initial uh, introduction to heavy gear blitz, super solid. Like, Super solid. So, um, and then, yeah, and then uh, Oz and I got to play a game of War Machine on Saturday. Heyo. What? So, yeah, it was awesome. Um, so, I have, you know, the Stormwall that I have been trying to repair and kind of touch up and, uh, re- and paint. So, I decided that I wanted to put Maddox on the table with a Stormwall. And so, he comes down, and I, we didn't discuss who we were playing, and so he comes down with none other than Fexus. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, Oz, don't you have all these amazing troll stuff? And he goes, yeah, I should play trolls against you. Like, <laughs> 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 you 
and he should. He really should. Yeah. So, uh, so anyway, it was a little bit back and forth. We did one of the um, we did one of the scenarios that were sort of beta tested before the last Steamroller came out. Like I had done just mm -hmm. a, a Google search, and I discovered a a scenario that um, that never got published, but it was like talked about on like one of the private press email things, and okay. and so it had a uh, it had one circle zone, it had a total of two objectives and three flags. And the, oh, you know, I'm talking about there's a flag in the middle of the circle, and then, and then I'm on the other end of the table, to let's say my right, there's a set of flag and objective that are like four inches apart from each other, close oh, to yeah. me, and then a set that are farther away from me, close to Oz, yeah. right? So, uh, so anyway, so he ambushes two units in, onto the circle. It was just a mess of because I had. My storm guard infantry, storm blade infantry. I don't know the ones with the glaives, and then I had the ones with the swords, both in, occupying there. And he ambushes in some pirates, and then some drudges, and 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 he, you know, and and thankfully I had the uh, uh, storm division armor bonus because of the theme. Mm. Although, uh, otherwise, he would have done a lot more damage. There were quite a few where he missed armor cracking by like one or two, you know. And so, yeah. if, if if I didn't have unyielding, he wouldn't have, you know. So, and then, but ultimately, it just came down to him saying, "Okay, I'm done." And so he just pulls out, puts Texas like right in the middle of the table, you know, and just does all these weird things and leaves him there naked. And so I have to move one model, and then I just put a storm wall to his face. So. <laughs> yeah, <that> point, yeah. <laughs> yeah, poor Texas. So, <laughs> but it feels good to you know it feels good to play War Machine. I, I love War Machine. So, and um, yeah, I was, I was just lamenting a couple days ago about missing it. Yeah. I haven't gotten to play in so long, even before COVID. Yeah. Well, it's fun. I also had my um, uh, my striker archon on the table, and mm. he's pretty cool. So he has that negative five um, within or negative two within five inches in line of sight, and yeah. that that came into play. And so I thought he was going to go after my archon quickly, but he didn't. So he probably should have. But yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yep. Well, hey, speaking of games, speaking of missing games, uh, today's topic is um, really looking forward to the chance when we get to play games again. And, and we have, um, and these, we have three questions that we've put together as sort of like one major topic. And uh, we want to thank one of our Patreon supporters, we want to thank Perry, um, who uh, on our private Discord channel, uh, throughout some things uh, he would love to hear us talk about, and so throughout an avalanche uh, of ideas, <laughs> avalanche of ideas. He he earned a lot of watermelons um, that yeah. day, and um, and uh, <laughs> for those of you that don't know what watermelons are, join our Discord. But um, <laughs> but anyway, so uh, so basically three questions, and probably ask probably ask and answer them maybe in order. But I'm going to put all three out uh, right now, and then we can just kind of navigate through them. Uh, the first question is, how have your thoughts on remote gaming versus in-person gaming changed um, over this last year? 
the second question is, is, did you find you had enough gaming content online with podcasts and streams? And then the third question is, as people get vaccinated and things get safer, potentially even by early summer, what are you looking forward to most gaming-wise? So that's sort of the, the conversation that we're going to have today, and I'm excited about it. So uh, let's start with the first one. How have your thoughts on remote gaming versus in-person gaming changed? Yeah, this one's kind of like the, the big one, right? Since most of us were only be able to do remote. Um, at least for me, that was the big change, right? I didn't really have much interest in do any remote, like War Machine, for example, right? I did zero games virtually before all this, right? Before like a year ago. And yeah. so I kind of made the decision of like, well, might as well dive in a bit and, and learn. You know, first it's a learning curve and, you know, setting time and it, it feels different and kind of weird. But um, due to like War Table, especially, made that much easier. And so joining that in and being able to play some tournaments. And I mean, what was neat about it, right, is playing people from across the world almost, right? I think one guy was in New Zealand, um, uh, the Doyle up in Canada, actually got to play him. That was cool. Um, some people on the East Coast, another person like in, in uh, Europe. And so that was a neat experience, being able to play this uh, wide variety of meta was very was very interesting um and then that just kind of opened my horizons up the online co was pretty cool and i did it for a while and then kind of got busy anyway so i haven't played online even in a while in a bit but for the most part my view kind of changed from a eh, you know i'd rather play in person to there's there's some uh, options and good parts aspects of the online play i think in person is still going to be great and a lot of fun and and somewhat easier in the fact of you know being able to see the models i guess for me it was online play it was a little harder to kind of recognize what models off the icons and really understand take in as much of what's going on on the board um granted measuring was much more precise <laughs> and you could throw up your auras so that was the other aspect is it kind of turned into a training tool as well where you could quickly try new things and also work on um, positioning a bit better is kind of what I what I took away from that a bit too. Is I had a couple of gotchas, yeah. with people hitting me with stuff. I was like, oh, that's what that guy was. I didn't even realize that was X Y Z model, right? Yeah. But it it helped more with a lot of positioning and figuring out. So I think yeah. I've definitely opened up more to the idea of online gaming um, than I was before, for sure. Yeah. I think I think I have similar thoughts as you. Um, before COVID, I don't think I played anything online ever, and and even in the beginning, probably because I didn't know how long the whole thing would last. Um, yeah. I was sort of I was sort of resistant to trying it, and then and then finally, when War Table was announced or whatever, um, I you know I gave it a try. And I actually played a, f a fair amount of games on War Table in the beginning, I think. Um, and and it was super easy. Like, once I learned, like, oh, this is what you do. And I even, I even like, watched people. 
like like Ron would play a game and he would post the link to the game and so I would just put it up on the browser and I would be doing something else and listening to them talking and watching them play which probably will you know pro I don't know um, bleed into the, my next statement about that would probably bleed into the next uh, next question so I'm gonna skip that but but just um, and then and then I even like signed up for a Malifaux Vassal League. And so, so I did War Machine on War Table, Malifaux on Vassal, and then I did an Infinity League on on um, TTS, a Tabletop Simulator. Hmm. So I've done basically the three major online services for gamers, and, and, and I did three different games for it. Hmm. And what's crazy is I have less experience, you know, uh, with Malifaux and Infinity, than I do War Machine, and so not so I'm learning a new device, like a new like thing, and I'm learning a new game at the same time. It was bonkers, yeah. and so my problem with um with uh, the TTS is there were actually parts of the map that wouldn't load for me. And so, so you can scroll around and spin around in 360. Like it's gorgeous. Like some really great maps can be put out for, for infinity. And then, and you can even see the silhouettes. So you know what you're looking at. You hover over them. It says their names and even some stats can be revealed. I, I think I can't remember which ones exactly, but, but there were parts of the map where it was just a white block. Like it just mm -hmm. wouldn't load for me and which made it hard to interact and, and like, oh, yeah. is there something there? Because I don't know. And so the person would hover a cursor or something and say, see this? No, I don't see that. <laughs> and so, you know, so you're playing <laughs> with like a little technology handicap. But what I found with gaming online versus gaming in person is the online games took longer. Yeah. And, and because they took longer and because I'm not looking at another human, across you know across the table from me i found myself getting very distracted kind of like how you you're sitting in an online meeting for work and someone just goes on and on and on and you start like clicking over to the other browser or you're playing solitaire or something and you know like i never did those things but like i had the urge to do those things yeah because it, it was just taking so long and and the other side of it is 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 and also, even on my turn, it was taking so long because I wasn't well versed with the thing. So that wasn't my opponent's fault or anything. It was, it was the yeah. format. You know, I was just simply less engaged. I'm finding that with my D and D group, like yeah. I am way less engaged than I used to be when we were meeting in person. Like, you know, and so it's just the whole thing for me personally. But to answer the question explicitly, have my thoughts changed? Um, yeah, I would say a year ago before COVID, I was 100 against it because I was like, I don't want to do it. It's not my, it's not my preferred, but now I'm like 100 for it because it got me playing games. And so even with all of the troubles, um, and the struggles and the not being able to see things and the, the time, just knowing that that option is there, I'm all in. So, yeah. How about you, Chad? 
Um, I was a little bit interested in War Table at the beginning when it became available. Um, I wasn't doing any like D D groups or anything like that. I most of my online gaming has been pretty much just video games. Um various ones and um during part of this or at least during the fall um and uh i noticed that some of the like i started getting an urge to like wanting to play some D D and um do something at least and yeah. getting involved in a couple of different groups um through rural 20 have, have been just fine. There's definitely some times where the dice just feel like they're just rolling low that night. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, there's only so far you can get. And I'll, I'll readdress this a little bit later too, or in a second is uh, there's only so random a computerized randomness can get. Mm-hmm. And I'm a little bit of a, uh, I, I have a little bit of dice. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? No skepticism, but uh, oh my gosh, <laughs> uh, I can't think of what. It, like I, uh, I, I kind of believe in like di- the dice mojo for lack of a better term. Yes, I'm a little bit dice. There we go. A little dice superstitious to to some degree. Not in particular, like oh, certain dice I always roll for certain things, or these ones roll better because yeah. they're pretty. But like, there have it's a little bit difficult to describe because there have definitely been times when I've been playing competitive War Machine where you you have the dice in your hand and you're thinking about do I boost? Do I not boost? Do I boost? Do I not boost? And you just feel lucky in that roll and you decide not to boost and you roll and you hit it anyway, or you're looking at a potential ability for a reroll or something like that. There's something in that natural kind of instinct of being in the moment, weighing your odds, having the dice in your hands and waiting to drop them to see what the result is that does not translate to the digital tabletop. And it's something that I miss. And it was part of the reason why I could never get into playing war table. And again, as I said before, uh, a second ago is like, there's only so random that you can get in something that is programmed to be random. And I just, I honestly, in a game like war machine, where you rely on getting odds, getting, getting the even odds, the even spread or the averages so much I don't see it being I I don't see it being fun um in a digital format because there I've just heard small anecdotes from other people where you just roll a crap all night or something like that or your opponent yeah. has like your opponent needs to roll an 11 and they hit the box cars and then go to do damage and it's box cars again and like that type of thing happens I don't know it's maybe it's a little bit skeptic of me is like, I know the thing happens in real life, like random phenomena is like that happen in real life. When it's a digital randomization and it happens back to back, it feels a little less random to me. I don't know what it is. I feel like it's, I feel like it's the digital computer programming. That's like just poking fun. I don't know. It, It just, it just doesn't feel the same to me. And I just didn't really have any interest in, 
um, devoting the time to try and get used to the war table format or try playing Monpoc on uh, TTS. I know there's been some people that were doing that a whole bunch. I just didn't really have any desire to. And so what I instead yeah. do, started doing was focusing more on doing some hobbying stuff because um, I was already sitting yeah. at home or started playing some games with some other friends and enter, and enjoying that. And um, I'm not against it. I, I absolutely see the virtues of it and the benefits of it. Um, it's not really for me, but if other people can like, you know, Jeremiah or Dan who got to play more games via war table and brawl machine because they could play it at home late at night when their kids were in bed and they didn't have to worry about getting to and from a game store or whatever. Like uh, it's totally great for the people who, who work, who it works for. Uh, it just doesn't really work for me. Um, the, the D and D thing has still been okay. I've been a part of a couple of different campaigns. Um, it does feel, it is a little bit difficult. It has been a little bit difficult joining your campaign, Jeremiah, because I only know you and Wes. I don't know anyone else. Yeah. And, some of the other guys kind of sound very similar to me and without being able to, and I don't, I don't know their names to voices. And so right. um, I have had difficulty figuring out who's who and what and which characters and such. Uh, but that's also a game where we're playing kind of infrequently with it being every other week and sometimes missing weeks. So sometimes we have like a month between sessions or something and that doesn't help for me trying to get better association, yeah. but um, yeah, yeah, I definitely hear some of that. Yeah. Like, I agree. With, games took longer. Um, that, that was one of the big things: is games taking much longer. And uh, for dice rolls, I feel you. Like I was on the on the receiving end one time where it was like rolled ones on two dice, and then on the next attack, I was like, I got to hit this, so I'm gonna boost it, and I roll three more ones. Yeah. I'm just like this is incredibly low. And then I'm like, okay, so this my next guy goes and I roll three dice again. And it's a one, one, two. I'm like, yeah. um, this is not feeling good. Yeah. And then game basically yeah. over at that point again, yeah. could happen in and real like, life. It could, it could happen in real life, but in, in, at the same time, I still like my superstition. You could grab some other dice and roll yes. something different. And you can't do that digitally. You can't put your dice jail. in the dice jail for rolling snake yep. eyes and grab something else. You're stuck with whatever's <laughs> randomly rolled. I totally get that. <laughs> Been there. My, my casino dice and I have a very long history. Of, uh, one of my old coworkers went out to Spirit Mountain. Um, I think it was Memorial Day weekend or something years and years and years ago and got me like got me a good handful of casino dice from Spirit Mountain here in Oregon. And nice. like I've I've used those things for probably I can't even tell you how many games. I've been using them for seven years, seven or eight years or so. Like I think I think I've been using them since like two thousand twelve. Or something like that. Like I've been yeah. using that for for so long, playing War Machine. Maybe even longer than that. It may have been like 2011. But like I've been using them, and we have a bond. We have a good understanding of each other, and I have a good, I have a good feeling with them. They've done they've done me well. They've they've you know they've certainly bit me, but they've done me extremely well in the years, and uh, it's not yeah. the same not throwing them. Yeah. Yeah. How about? This last year, when it comes to um, just having content online with other podcasts and um, 
another streams like Twitch or um, YouTube Live and things like that. I've had a mixed relationship with that. Um, where kind of in the beginning, you know, I was like, oh, I have some, I have a little bit of time. I catch up on some of the backlog, um, just the way schedules were kind of going and things were happening, right? And then I went through a period where I had like no time to really like read that stuff or listen to podcasts. Yeah. And so I kind of started gaining a backlog. Um, and then a little bit recently, just in you know, the way travel, because you know, I'd usually listen while driving. Well, I'm not really driving as many miles or as long as I used to, right? Yeah. And so that, that some of that's picked back up. I've caught back up a little bit on uh, on some episodes and content. But I don't think I ever had a lack of podcasts. Um, and again, especially with like we just you call it like Warnounds and some of the other sites and other people I've been putting out a lot of stuff. Um, I almost think there's been more podcasts popping up. But on the side of like uh, battle reports, I kind of miss some bat reps. Um, there's really there's really nothing nothing so much new, um, and that kind of that's been a little harder because I mean I guess it's good and bad, right? Is not really kind of learning from that or, or gaining some things, especially War Machine, what's kind of the current meta, right? What lists are working, what aren't? Um, so when things do come back up, there's going to be maybe a wide open meta <laughs> when no one's going to know what's going to work and what's not anymore. Um, but really, that's just it. And, I, and um, with some of the other games, I just like War Table, I kind of like said links, and I just couldn't quite as much get into watching that as much as the, like said, the excitement levels a little bit little bit lower um yeah overall i i haven't really found a lack like i said of podcast wise but youtube and video wise definitely a uh, a more shortage of games but it's allowed me to catch up more on hobby videos i guess is what i spent yeah. that time on so i've been all right um i never really i quit listening to podcasts a long time ago uh quit listening to war machine podcasts a long time ago uh, or other types of podcasts or anything. Um, and then last fall, I decided to start um, watching or listening to the second campaign of Critical Role. Um, I'd watched one of the much, much later episodes, just kind of out of interest, uh, with no context of what was going on. Uh, and I really enjoyed the um, the role-playing of it. And it was an episode, it was almost an entire episode with no combat at all in it. And it was very interesting and very fascinating to watch, you know, yes, they're, they're voice actors that have experience playing different characters, but it was also just very interesting to watch people role play their characters. Cause it was not something that I had ever really had a lot of experience with. Um, I had one friend in a campaign a long time ago, a couple of years ago uh, in a Pathfinder campaign that was very into role playing his character and trying to do interactions like that. But at, the, at that point, that wasn't quite the type of game that I was looking for. Um, and so, like, I didn't really engage in it. And also, like, I was newer to RPGing, again, because I hadn't done it very much. And my character was also very kind of a standoffish person that wasn't really open to the rest of the group. Um, so it kind of fit there. That it, um, But... Uh, it was very interesting to watch. And so I became kind of pseudo obsessed with it and 
just started binge listening to episode after episode after episode of the podcast form uh, and then watching the live shows when from you know a couple of years ago when they were actually recorded before covid um and then caught up and and i'm to the point where like i'm watching one of the most recent episodes and there may have been another one that dropped today but um i've been doing that a lot while i've been either gaming or doing some hobbying and things and um but yeah definitely had some content it was just different content from what it was before and i personally don't like since i don't really play any war machine really competitively anymore um i don't have as much interest in watching battle reports and battle reports to me were always kind of like unless you do a lot of hyper uh, like a bunch of editing and posts and stuff like that it's kind of boring to watch a war machine game sometimes unless you got a lot of extra production and stuff going into it where people are talking about things and shortening up gaps where someone goes in the tank for 15 minutes trying to figure out what they're doing for their turn. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like um, there is actually more content than ever. I certainly like on the infinity side, I know a handful of channels that were created during the COVID time. And so people are, but the kind of content that they're putting out is more digital, right? So they're so they're streaming their tabletop simulator or their vassal games or even their war table games. And so you're getting some bat repy kind of stuff sometimes. But instead of having pictures of models on the table, you're seeing, you know, digital renditions of it. Um, and I don't know, I, I have a sort of obsessive sort of collector way of looking at uh, things. And so, um, like, I'll go, like, if I learn a new podcast, for example, and I'll go back and download a bunch of their episodes and just binge on them. And, you know, and, you know, I mean, I did the same thing that you're doing with Critical Role with a number of podcasts and but there was a there was a moment during the covid year where um i just stopped listening to podcasts altogether i stopped you know watching things on youtube altogether and and for a while i even forgot my twitch password so that wasn't happening too <laughs> so you know <laughs> but um but like uh but the thing that i found is that the more that i watched and listened to those things the more I actually wanted to play. And and that longing was incongruous with the experience I was having in real life. Yeah. And I couldn't deal I couldn't deal with the longing because it just yeah. it made me more sad. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so um it's kind of where so, I am with critical role too is it made me want yeah. to play a lot more D and D. And and one of the groups in particular that I that I'm in is kind of full of some power gamers who just want to hit stuff uh, and oh, aren't yeah. really interested in doing any role playing. And, um, and it makes it kind of difficult when it's like, I want to try and do some interesting role playing and I'm just not quite finding yeah. um, a group to be able to explore that. Yeah. Yeah. So I will say though, that I'm starting to re-engage some online content again. Um, and so I'm, I'm listening again. 
and it's of course it's making me want to play more um but it's okay like i'm i'm okay you know yeah. not in the danger zone right now so and and maybe it's because i got a chance to actually play war machine recently and you know and oz and i were talking about um you know his next malifo war band he wants to put together and so Oz, Oz only plays a few games of the games that I play, so yeah. I have to for all well, the other you play, games. Right? You play all of them. So. All the games, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I have to wait until things are more open before I can play a lot of those other games. But in house with you know with Oz, I can play um, a fair number of games, and so um, so I have to get my fix there. So, yeah. but. Yeah, I still need to try and introduce my roommates to Riot Quest. It's just so yeah. much of it is. I think so much of it is also like my myself and one of my roommates are are currently still working full time. I think by the time the evening rolls around, we just want to do other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> we don't really want to. Maybe one yeah. of these Sundays when we have um, our friend Javi over, who also plays some minis games, he does some painting and stuff. Yeah. Um, Maybe I'll bust it out and uh, introduce it to people. Because doesn't one really of your roommates game. play Monpok? Uh yes, actually, yeah. both of them do. Both of them have Monpok models, but it's been a very long time since either of them played. Yeah, yeah. We're, Oz was working on some Monpok over the weekend, so I think uh, Monpok's going to be in our future. So, yeah. Hey, that's actually maybe a good transition point to our our third question. Uh, as people get vaccinated and things get safer, potentially by early summer, what are you looking forward to most gaming wise? Playing. <laughs> well, Dan, yeah. are you actually, Dan, are you going to actually make time to make it out to the game store? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say anything. Actually, uh, I got a, uh, acquired a new neighbor about three houses down that uh, I'll be able to That's play right. games with. But. Um, yeah, that's cool. So, yeah, that's one of those things. And it, like I said, it's kind of looking forward. It's just some of the interaction, you know, handshakes and hugs, right? Um, yeah. Go along, you know, putting putting a face. I don't in know. It. Yeah, I don't know if I'm gonna be hugging anybody right away, but I know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, what, what games, Dan? What games? So put your feet to the fire. What games specifically do you want to play? Specifically, um, I would well. I'd like to find some people to play uh, Marvel Crisis Protocol, but uh, that's a long shot around here. It seems. Um, <laughs> well, there's a lot of buzz about it, but I feel like all the people that are buzzing and interested in it are kind of scattered. Well, and that's just it. A lot of people are like, oh, a superhero game. Ugh, I don't need any more superheroes in my life. I'm in inundated, right? right? Um, so there's that. BattleTech would be good. Um, I've recently been. Um, been dreaming up more troll lists and like pairings. And so it's like, uh, I kind of want to, I kind of want to put some, uh, boards on the table. And so I think those, those would be my top three that I kind of want to, I want to get playing. Um, then secondary for quick games would be like, get some gas lands and, uh, at least I can kind of play that in house somewhat. Um, that's right. You can. Yeah. Do some, uh, Monpoc, maybe some, you know, age of Sigmar or something, you know, dip my toe into the GW universe a little light, right? Um, yeah. so okay. That's, that's, oh, uh, the other side. 
Got to get some of that so they have fully painted yeah. army play. <laughs> yes. All right. Sorry, you have a painted army. Yep. I I'm do. still gray. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I think I'm primed. Oh. At least I primed them, Ooh. I think. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, let's see. Uh, Monpok is uh, high on my list because that's a game that Oz will play. Uh, Conquest, because that's a new army that I picked up during the COVID year uh, yeah. that I want to play. Uh, same thing with Warmaster. So I want to show you guys this. No, our listeners can't see, but <laughs> Great what idea. I'm holding in front of you is a thousand points of Warmaster. This is half an army. And basically, look how yeah. little, look yeah. how little space it takes up. Anyway, um, <laughs> you say that now. I yeah. say that now. <laughs> anyway, so yeah. uh, Warmaster, <laughs> I'm actually getting getting pretty jazzed about Age of Sigmar again. There's a lot of folks on our Discord that are talking about Age of Sigmar, and a lot of people I'm buzzing getting, about it. Yeah, I'm getting my uh, my big centerpiece model painted um, by by Wes for my Clan Eshin. So I'll have a thousand points of beautiful clan Eshin to put on the table. And then if I want to do 2000 with somebody, um, I'll have to mix clans, but, um, but that's fine. So, and so I, I'm working cool. on those other clans casually as I speak, but well, um, the book so that, club, was, yeah, the book club was reading through the book club was reading through the war cry rules recently too, weren't they? No, no, uh, Conquest. Conquest right now. Oh, Warcry, okay. I think, yeah. Yeah, Warcry's on the list. Yeah, okay. and, and actually weird. I want to play Warcry. <laughs> I've got I've got a nice, you know, Night Hunt warband that's just waiting to be put on the table. Yeah. And so um, Warcry seems like a, a fun thing, too. There's a lot of people interested in that, too, in our Discord, so. Oh, yeah. Infinity. I forgot Infinity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have like a list of at least twelve other things that I want to play. Those are the, those are my top right now. I think I think Dan's list was just all the stuff that he, he has models for. Yeah, probably just about at least. Yeah. It's like I want to play anything. Just let me play anything. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm excited to play some War Machine again. Um, nice, or at least try to anyway. Uh, I have I have a couple. I have a list or two that I had built that look kind of interesting um, with some of the changes to some of the recent models. Um, well, one, one small thing is the uh, Selena, Selena and the Nis hunters recently got a points change to be a lot less expensive and they are a fantastic mm-hmm. shooting unit. Uh, and a great slot into Secret Masters. And um, I used to rail on Secret Masters a lot uh, back in the day because I felt like it needed a lot of help. Uh, it felt like there weren't very many good options for Warlock for the for the army. Plus, like so much of the of the minion stuff, like is needs help. Um, like they want some sort of other buffs because they're you know they're a little bit less than um, uh, and they they want like either some buffs or a little bit more synergy with whatever their warlock is and circle doesn't really do that but um, t- 
tennis got an update and I've heard some very good things about the couple minor tweaks to her, uh, to her stat card and stuff made her a lot better. Um, a lot more promising for secret masters. The change to Selena and the, and the Nis hunters is a really welcome change because it's a very, very effective shooting unit for, <laughs> for not 20 points. They used to be 19. And I think they're down to 15 for a full unit, which is a major, major difference. Yeah. Um, so I'm looking to maybe try and play around with a list with either Tanith or Kruger 2 in Secret Masters. And nice. I think that Secret Masters might have slowly in a very roundabout way started becoming one of the stronger theme lists in Circle, especially as more Riot Quest models come out. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm looking forward to War Machine. I've got a handful of other things that like I'm kind of interested in. The second most is um, I'm almost done assembling all the stuff that I need for my all-bikes Dark Angel list. Um, and my co-worker and the store owner of Running Board have started getting into 40k more um, and started <laughs> playing some games either on TTS or have been doing some demo games in store after hours, um, starting to play the game more. And um, I don't know. I feel like the, I feel like the stuff that I have for Death Guard can't play the way that they're supposed to play. I feel like there's more components to it that I need and a lot of research that I need to do. And I just don't want to expend the energy or the money. Um, Cause like the little bit of advice that I've, I've gotten from outside about like, Oh, the things that I need to get for, to be a death guard player is I need two to three rhinos for tra troop transport. And then I need two to three plague burst crawlers. And it's like, I don't want to dump $200 into buying six vehicles to try and make an army playable. Like I just don't, that's not exciting to me. I don't want to do that right now. And so I'm just, I just kind of have them on the back. And also like, I'm, I'm sorry to see is like, they've been a really fun army to amass and paint and put on the table occasionally, but they just don't play the way that I want to play. Um, they are a slow attrition type list, similar to like trolls. And that's just not my style of play. I want to be fast and hit hard and be dodgy and mobile. And they just aren't that. Um, and this this bike list that I'm looking at looks like it's got a lot of the stuff that kind of speaks to me a little bit more as a player and this yeah. play style and everything. So those are the two most. And then um, Wes has a trade proposition for me of trading a couple of gene stealer cult vehicles for his God tier stuff um, that he has. And nice. I, I keep thinking about it, but I haven't committed on it yet because I'm trying to take care of some other stuff. And then it's also like, it's a pile of pile of more miniatures that I don't need added to my backlog that I'm trying to work through this year. <laughs> but yeah. But the way myself, the God tier works, the way the God tier works, it's, it's not a bad thing. That's yeah. accessible and, you know, yeah. and, you know, easy to teach and, your roommate, for example. And yeah, it, well, and the other thing too, is like the amount of stuff that he has is it's both of the starters. Plus I think six other heroes, six or seven other heroes. So it's yeah. like, 
it's almost all of the heroes that are available, which is a really wide selection. And not only that, it also means it's a wide selection for the game is supposed to be played with three heroes and their warbands. So like you even get some variation there. If you're using six of the 10 or 11 models, you've got a pretty sizable amount of combinations and depth to the game there. Um, I just kind of keep telling myself like, it's more of kind of like if I can get rid of the Trollbloods army that I have and get rid of, not excuse me, not only the backlog of those miniatures to potentially paint in the future, but it also just get rid of those miniatures from sitting around in my apartment. I will feel a little bit less bad about amassing another chunk of miniatures to sit on the shelf until I can get around to working on them. Yeah. Okay. Reminds me of uh, the kind of the joke that we had going on, a little discussion about, you know, like the buying miniatures beforehand was like, challenge yourself before you buy a mini, do a small work, you know, do a workout, like a 10 minute workout equals one miniature or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> you're yeah. shape real fast or you'll have less minis one way or the other. Yeah. You're doing good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, what's, uh, what's on your guys' hobby desk right now? What are you building? What are you painting? So I've recently taken, uh, I undertook re-inventorying my trolls and, you know, splaying them all out. And then, uh, one broke his staff um, the the shaman, the cold shaman, and so that really is a bummer. Oh, no. So I got to repair that. So that's a uh, that's on my repair list, and then uh, doing some inventory of other stuff. But my main thing has been um, a resin printer, having that set up and just running that thing, um, putting it through some paces, doing all sorts of different models with it. Um, my goal is to have a video on that in about not this week, probably next week. So. Okay. Week after this drops, that video should be out. Gonna kind of show my uh, my novice ability at uh, printing and setting up, and um, just all the cool things you can make. That uh, I'll create my own backlog. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, save green. So I'm gonna what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna give some of those minis to uh, some of our patreons and so forth. Um, just nice. as a, I don't need it, so uh, here you guys take it, <laughs> deal with it. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, I got to see a couple of things you printed. It looks some of them look really nice. So yeah, uh, yeah, I really like just the level of detail you can get out of it and stuff um, with somewhat ease. But but anyway, yeah, um, and I also have now an army of uh, of Yoshi knights. So uh, you have to. See <laughs> uh, I have nothing to do with all those. So nice. Right. Uh, well, I've got. Um... I've got some of my Dark Angels bikes list uh, currently sitting on my desk. Um, one of my, my friend, Javi, who came over yesterday, um, has a 3D printer and printed me some bases, some oval bases for them. Because they, one of the other, so another local in our group um, found some old Space Marine attack bikes that they had in their box of bits that they weren't going to use. Um, so they let me have them. It's four of them. And... Um, with the attack bike, I can snap the sidecar and the dude off of there, and I have just a bike. Um, and I've used the leftover parts from another kit to turn them into Ravenwing Black Knights for this list that I'm building. So it saved me from having to buy two more boxes of um, uh, two more specific boxes so that I could build the other four models. So I, I have one more base to file down, and then I've got to glue that on there. Um, and I've almost finished amassing that list and then eventually once that's done i'll 
probably prime it and then paint it all in one project. Um, I've also got a couple of uh, Geller Pox infected models that I painted a long time ago that I'm going to do some basing on and then take them to the store to put it into the new display cases that have all of the Death Guard in there and I'll treat them. If I use them in the future, I'll just treat them as Chaos Spawn because they're like about the same size. Um, and I think I'm going to... I've got a bunch of... Um, I've got a unit of skinwalkers and a unit of wolves of Orbros that are sitting above my desk in a tray that just need the base flocking done to them and then they're finished and I think I'm going to try and do that. Um, it was my plan to do that earlier today and then I had to help my dad with something. Uh, my day kind of got shifted around so I'm probably going to try and do some basing stuff here when we get done recording um, and I need to try and get into the habit of getting some more hobby stuff I've been I've been yeah. getting distracted recently with other things lately. Haven't made much project or much progress on my backlog, but yeah, that's all right. But every time you do something, you do some, you know, it's good. You're making progress. So yeah, I uh, got some foam for my Cephalix army and discovered that a few things have broken. And so before I, been putting them in the foam i've been having to repair them the thing is is it's fine because they're not fully painted they're they're all mid project anyway so yeah i don't feel bad but but vexus has a million arms you know what i mean yeah um, so but i want to get him fixed because i want to take uh to tackle ozzy and do a vexus on vexus mirror match so <laughs> but that'll be fun but that the biggest awful. thing <laughs> it's gonna be fun. We both like that style, but but he he likes to run. Uh, he likes to run uh, monstrosity heavy, and I like to run dude heavy. Like I want to throw sixty dudes at him, and he wants <laughs> and he wants to throw like less than that. Seven seven monstrosities. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. I think he has that many. So the thing is, he can so. Yep. Yeah, and, and with spell driver, he can cast through them or something. I don't know. He does he do something with them. So, yeah. But um, but the biggest thing on my desk is uh, is the the death archon. So uh, I I built that a, a couple weeks ago, and um, and I wanted to use the scale seventy five instant paints that I had kickstarted, and so I did the brush on primer at one of our recent paint parties. And uh, actually, I think last week, actually. And then I let it dry for about 24 hours. And then I started working on it um, yesterday afternoon. And I'm really, really, really liking the results. So oh, good. I think I think the wings on that um, Death Archon are probably the best wings I've ever done personally. And, and so I did um, three or four different colors and with a mix of some of them with medium and some of them without uh, to try to get shadows and shades and, and different things. And I want to, and I'm going for kind of a brighter color look with, um, I mean, it's the death archon. So like he could probably stand to be really dark, but, um, but I don't really like dark things. And so, um, so we're going yellow and red, and uh, and it's still kind of deathy looking. So it's it's cool. So, but very cool. Um, I basically have 
his body, um, so you tell on the things that are around his waist, and then um, and then his armor and and the scythe things that he's holding, and that's what I have left. And some of those aren't going to be done with the scale seventy five. Some of those are going to be done with other paints, uh, some P three paints that I have. So, but yeah, pretty excited about that. Pretty nice. excited about that. So, yeah. um. I thought it was a good episode. I um, I hope that everyone who's listening, uh, you're thinking maybe those same three questions that we asked ourselves, um, and and I hope that uh, you guys are looking forward to getting uh, getting real games in and things like that. I have three things to share with you. One is you definitely, definitely, definitely want to check out our Facebook page. There is a post, a shared post last week with Nelson Mini Painting. And Nelson is uh, Mini Painting is going to be our guest on next week's episode. And um, on his page, they're, they're doing a giveaway for an army box of Heavy Gear Blitz. And so the, the same game that, that I was talking about at the beginning of the episode. And so you have to like, like and comment or something to be entered into the giveaway. And then next week, live on our podcast, he's going to announce the winner. And so, cool. uh, pretty excited about that. So, uh, and we're gonna get a chance to just meet another content creator and find out um, how they got into the hobby and things that they do. And um, pretty excited about that. So, so that's one thing to announce. The other thing, paint party. Uh, we had an excellent paint party this last week. Man, it was so good. Just a great conversation. Uh, all of us getting work done, and um, and so I want to invite everyone 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on our Discord. Join, and uh, we you can do just audio if that works for you. But a lot of us share our videos so that we we can see our faces and we can share what we're painting. And then, as Chad mentioned earlier, um, we have started a book club this month. The book club is uh, we are all reading the rule set for the new game Conquest. The rules are free online, and you have until the end of the month, and we're going to have an online meeting on our Discord uh, where we're going to talk about uh, the game, and, and then we'll also set the next book for the following month. The goal with the book club is that we would read something um, on a monthly basis, and and at the end of the month, we would all get together and, and, and talk about what we read, we're, and we're going to alternate, I think, depending on who like who gets to pick but like between rule sets and like sci-fi fantasy books that are kind of related to the gaming world and things and stuff like that so so and it's one of those things where you can hop on you don't have to read every book every month you can sit in you can join for this month you can sit out you can join the next month sit out that sort of thing it's all up to you the goal is is we want to try to create good community and we want to inspire everyone to play more games that's what we do. <laughs> yeah. What do you think we wrap up? I think we should wrap up. Sounds good. Yeah. So thanks for listening. Find everything at spellstormminiatures.com. Also, in our Discord, there's links there. All the things. And, uh, and uh, with that, we'll see you guys next week.
Thank you.